kalehulehu o moko kiawe no o ko ho ikialoha pumehana. E nawe aku kako a ike aku ikanani o hama kua kihiloha. To the multitudes listening, we extend our aloha pomehana, our warmest aloha, to all of you who are joining us for another episode of Kaleo Kauluau as our Huakai explores Hamakua Kihiloa, Hamakua of the Long Corner, so named because one corner of Hamakua touches almost every district of Hawaii Island. Belina Mai, welcome to Kaleo Kauluau. Aloha eju, pehe oi. Mai ka ino, pehe oi. Mai ka ino. I'm looking forward to exploring the moku of Hamakua with our special guest, Kuulei, today. Would you mind giving us an introduction, Lei? Ai, no uka hano hano. Our next special guest, Dr. Kuulei Kanahele, is an instructor at Hawaii Community College's Hawaii Lifestyles Program. Kuulei's research focus is Papa Hulihonua, the study of the earth sciences pertaining to the island environment of Hawaii, such as geology, hydrology, petrology, oceanography, soil science, and volcanology. She has presented her research to Native Hawaiian practitioners, educators, and various organizations, such as Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, the County of Hawaii, and Google X. Importantly, she was my kumu olelo Hawaii, my Hawaiian language teacher at Hawaii Community College. And our producer, Bruce, as well as Drew, also share this special connection with ku'ule as our kumu. Mahalo ele for that ho'olauna, or introduction. Let's go over to Kuule now. Welcome, Kuu. We are so glad you could join us. It's fun to be here with you. It's always a pleasure to be with you in class, in workshops, on the Mauna. You've opened my eyes as a learner to awesome connections between Hawaiian perspectives and my own academic discipline of geography. I've learned about the familial relations between all kinds of environmental elements from you and also about the Papakumakavalu process, and you've strengthened my own understanding of the Kumulipo, of Mahina, the moon, and the Ohana of Pele, and I mahalo you for those contributions. You know, Drew, I have to say that even though I never officially took your class, my husband did, and I would sit in the back while he was watching your online videos and stuff, and it not only broadened my ike on our vahi, our mokupuni of Hawaii, but I also learned... um, how to be a better online teacher, <laughs> make things more engaging and exciting. So I thank you for that too. Oh, mahalo. Aloha kuule. You mentioned that you'll be sharing the mo'olelo of Kamiki. Could you tell us a little bit more about the story and of course the excerpt that takes place in Hamakua? I can. And and let me be a little bit truthful. Um, as you said in your intro, I'm Papahuli Honua and I'm and I'm mostly focused and I'm mostly interested in mo'olelo or stories of Pele. And what first drew me to Kamiki was that there is a there is a tiny blurb of Pele Ma um, in the Kamiki story that takes place in Kona. But um, and so that what what first drew my eye to Kamiki. And um, after reading that, I decided I should maybe read the whole story because I. Because that, that Pele blurb happens like in the middle. And I wanted to know what happened in the beginning. And so I started to read from the beginning and um, found out Kamiki was this, they call it a hero, um, Keiki Aivaiva, this this um, cool kid that could do everything in Kona. And then his exploits takes him around the island. And then when you guys asked me um, to share a story, I decided to, um, take a departure from my usual Pele stuff and um, talk about Kamiki and Hamakua. And so we'll try to see how this goes because it's not my 
usual talks. Well, we're super excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah, who knows what'll come out? <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> and so, like, like I said, um, with all stories, we should start at the beginning with Mooku Ahau. So I'll give you a little introduction to Kamiki, um, with his Mooku Ahau or his genealogy. And um, okay, o kuamua kekane o kauluhe nui hihi kolo kavahine no hopulawa ha nau ia o wailoa hevahine. O wailoa hevahine, o kahuna kalehu kekane, no hopulao, ahanao ia, o kapa ihilani hevahine, o kapa ihilani kavahine, o kapukalua kekane, no hopulao, ahanao ia mai, o maka iole, a kekaiko ana, hekane, a o kamiki kona kaikaina. And so that is just a, um, a way to introduce this family. And what I love about this story is that it, it, it talks about all these place names in on Hawaii Island, and that's why I'm excited Jiri's here because he can help us find these places. But um, so we start with Kuamua, and Kuamua, the story says that it's a hill overlooking the ocean Mauka of Kohanaiki in Kona, and Kuamua marries or gets with Kauluhe Nuihihi Kolo. And if we just makavalu that name, Kauluhe Nuihihi Kolo is the Uluhe fern that, that, um, the imagery here is that it's so lush and entangled and it's crawling everywhere. And with this pairing, we, we get Wailoa. Wailoa is a female um, and is a pond that's at the shore of Kohanaiki. And then Wailoa gets together with Kahuna Kalehu and they have a daughter, Kapa'ihilani. Kapa'ihilani is a hidden pond. It said Luahuna, um, Mauka of Kohanaiki. But below Kuamua in Kona, and then Kapa Ihilani gets with Kapukalua, and then they have Maka Iole and Kamiki, who are our me'e. What is the word? Hame'e. The what is main the word? characters. Main characters. Whew. Okay, so that's that's where we begin in Kona. Um, and before we head to Hamakua, I have to give you a little background on these boys. So these boys, Maka Iole and Kamiki, were raised by their great-grandmother, who... I mentioned earlier, Kauluhe Nui Hihi Kolo, and she taught them like everything they needed to know to be successful in their lives. So what she thought was important was sparring, fencing, um, you know, martial arts, how to dodge rocks, how to dodge weapons. Um, it says limbering exercises, which to me nowadays, I think of yoga or, um, you know, all the stretches we do before hula, boxing, martial arts. Kukini, so they could run fast from one end of the island to the other. How to flip, how to fish. Um, she specifically says how to hiyaku, or which is um, tro for aku. And so in mind, you know, we want to contextualize these things and and try to translate it in our modern terminology. So I think of Max Holloway. Like he was, Kamiki and Makaiole are like the MMA fighters of <laughs> centuries ago. Like they could do everything. So... So they're going through this training with the grandmother. And then to, to graduate them, she gets um, the form of graduation is a ailolo. And they had to prep everything for themselves. And so to prep for this ailolo ceremony, the grandma gives them a task. Their grandmother trained them in all of these martial arts and skills. And to in order to test their what they acquired, their grandmother was ready to graduate them in a ceremony called ailolo. And they had to prep for the Ailolo themselves. And so the grandma said, your first task is to go to um, 
gather the materials necessary for the Ava ceremony. And Grandma Kauluhenui told them, go to Mahiki, which for those of you who may not know is right above Waipio Valley. Go to Mahiki and go to see my cousin, whose name is Lani Kuiyamamao. And I want you to go there and get her kanoa, which is named Hokuula, and her strainer. Um, she calls it, in the text, it's called Mau, but I imagine it to be the strainer for the ava. And the strainer is named Kalau Oke Kahuli. And, and she gives them further instructions. If Lani Kui Amamau is sleeping, don't wake her. She has a um, kapu to her hiamoi. And we see these kind of kapus in place in various mo'olelo, like um, Pele has a hiamoi kapu, where only hi'iaka can wake her up. And so same thing with this grandmother. If she's sleeping... Don't wake her up. But if she's up, climb into her lap and hug her tight. She's going to struggle. She's going to try to kick you off. But hold on tight. And when she's out of breath, she'll ask you, who, who, who the hell are you, right, jumping on my lap? Because um, kapu ka'uha. And so you tell her that you belong to her through your mother's line, kapa ihilani's line. And she will um, then recognize you and accept you. And... After they get the kanoa and the strainer, Maka Iole has to go to Waipio to get the sacred Ava Ililena, and Kamiki has to gather the Vayakane um, in Hamakua, we'll get to there eventually, um, at Waiau. And so this is the task to graduate, that they need to do in order to graduate. Quick question. I just wanted to interject to ask for our listeners who might not be familiar, what is Ava and the significance here in the Mo'olelo? Oh, Ava is Kava. And um, I can only speak to my background with Ava ceremony, and I'm going to relate it to Halau and Hula. Whenever we do, um, whenever we take on a project, in this case, it's Ailolo, the graduation ceremony, we want to um, drink Ava as a way to bring our focus together. Um, and that's just what I was taught, that Ava is drunk as a group before ceremonies to Focus all your energies into the task at hand. Um, people use it as medicine. Nowadays, people drink it just to, like, relax and calm down. But um, it has its usage in ceremony. And speaking of that, since you're asking, um, I guess the Ava in Waipio, that particular Ava, Ililena, was considered um, the most sacred they could get their hands on. And the reason we're getting the waters up from Waiau is because that water is considered the purest water on the whole Mokopuni um, because it's in the Vawakua and it's up in the summits, meaning it hasn't been, I don't want to say defiled, but it's not in the realm of man. So it's still considered sacred. And it's kind of same like the waters. Some of you may know that the waters you collect in Ohe, in the nodes of the Ohe, that's considered sacred because it has yet to touch the ground. The water you collect in uh, kalo leaves, taro leaves, is still considered sacred because it has yet to touch the ground. So it's still considered of the atmosphere. And so that's why these these boys had to get that ava, specifically that ava, and specifically that water. Mahalo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um, and so the boys start their journey to complete this task. So fortunately, when they get to Mahiki, uh, Laniku Iyamamao is awake. They jump on her lap. They hug tight. She tries to, you know, eject them out of her lap. 
And she asks who they are and they introduce themselves. Then, so Lani Kuiya Mamao herself has another task for these boys before they, she gives them her kanoa. She wants to see if they're smart enough, they're fast enough, they're quick enough, they're observant enough to get the kanoa for themselves. And so she has it in this little koko, this uh, carrying net. And she says, oh, go get the, um, go get it. It's over there in the net. And so they, the, both the boys go to grab it and she closes the net and traps them inside. Okay. And so that's the test. Whoever can, um, if they can free her themselves, they can, um, they can have the kanoa. But so as she was tightening the, the kaula, the ropes to t close them up, Kamiki grabbed the alihi, which is the rope that, that surrounds the top edge of the net. And so as the grandma was tightening it up, he was able to loosen it and free themselves. And so Lani Kuiya Mamao, who is the grandma, well, I don't want to confuse anybody. Kaulu Henui Hihikolo is the grandma. Lani Kuiya Mamao is the grandma's cousin. But, you know, in, in, in traditional familial relationships, everybody of that age is grandma. Everybody in your parents' age is your makua. Everybody in your age is hohanao, cousin, whatever. Okay, so Grandma Lani Kuiya Mamao um, congratulated Kamiki for his prowess and his his observing and his agility and his she lists all of these traits that only the fastest, smartest, most observant, keen boy could have escaped her net and realized to grab onto the alihi to loosen them up. And so she said, only Kamiki can get the ava because he's more observant than his brother. And so they were worried. Kamiki and Makaiole were a little bit worried because they're um, deviating from their original plan, right? Because Makaiole was supposed to get the ava and Kamiki's supposed to get the water. But Laniku Yamama was like, no, only Kamiki can because only Kamiki was able to pass her test. And so, okay, so Makaiole's out. <laughs> we'll get to Hamakua, I promise. So anyway... <laughs> It was successful. Kamiki was able to get the ava in Waipio, the ava ililena, the very sacred ava. Um, if you guys want to know that story, you can go read it on your own. But we'll go, go to Waipio. So he gets the ava. Yay! And so now Kamiki has to go holo apupu'u holeloa, which means super fast. From Waipio, he makes it to... Mauna Kea, which is in Hamakua. Oh, let me let me say this other thing. So, Mauna Kea is located in Hamakua in an ahupua called Kaohe. And the importance of that is Kaohe translates as the bamboo. And like I said, um, Kaohe holds these sacred waters, right? And that's kind of the function of Mauna Kea is to gather all the waters on our island um, to recharge our aquifers. And that's why Mauna Kea is kapu. Okay. So Mauna Kea is in Kaohe, in Hamakua. So from, um, from Waipio, he runs to um, Mauna Kea and goes Pi'i'iuka. He goes up to Waiau. And he uses the kanoa hoku'ula, which he gets from Lanikuia Mamao, to scoop the sacred waters of Kane into that kanoa, which is, um, kanoa is an avabo. Okay, so he's up at Waiau. And the kahu of Waiau, um, 
Kamiki's so fast, right? In the blink of an eye, he goes there, scoops the water, leaves. And so the guardians of Waiau saw the waters rippling, but they didn't see who did it. They just saw the ripple. He was Kamiki was gone already. And so that was when Waiau was given another name, Kawaihua Kane. And Kawaihua Kane translates as the who means to like ripple and to um like rise up rise up thank you and so it was um it's it's referring to the way the water moved when kamiki scooped it and ran away right so it's this rising water of kane kane is one of our four main akua um known for his water and his healing um properties and so kamiki goes there grabs the water and runs back down and from Waiau, he heads towards Waikoloa, past um, Holoholoku. And it's at Holoholoku they mentioned that he feels the Waikoloa wind and he accidentally spills some of the water there. And the water that fell out of his kanoa um, pooled to form a spring. And that's um, that area now today is known as Waikiki because this is where um, it's a vai that was ki'i. It's a vai that was, it's a water that was fetched. And um, most of us are familiar with that vahipana today, Waiki'i. Um, and it, they had this beautiful phrase that um, Waiki'i was named when Kamigi went to ki'i, the vaihuakane atap pohakuakane atap maunakea. So all of these place names are... Um, inserted into this mo'olelo. And what I like about it is if you take the time to read these ka'au, these mo'olelo, um, one function is to really understand why these authors felt compelled to put these place names in it. And that's another study all on its own, right? You have um, these vahipana just making up, not making up the story, but helping you to compose the story as you go. And so... He gets this water, the Vaihuakane. Um, he returns to Kona. Um, the grandmother is proud of his accomplishments. Um, she lays out a mat, uh, Ahu Makali'i, that she named Lauli'i. And then she prepares the Ava and the boys graduate their Ailolod. And yay, they pass their test. And that's the little blurb of Hamakua that I love from Kamiki because it helps explain... Um, some of how the how some of the place names came about. It gives us a, a hint to Waiau's importance and Mauna Kea's function as a water collector, a water gatherer, and yeah. Mahalo. Mahalo. <laughs> so some of I'm just trying to revisit some of the, the names that you shared with us that are in um the the district of Hamakua, mm -hmm. and those include Mahiki in Waipio mm -hmm. and Mauna Kea. Um the, the Ahupua of Ka'ohe and the Lake Waiau. Mm -hmm. Which oh which brings me which brings to mind um when they're first introducing Waiau, they gave its full name, I guess, which is hardly referred to by its full name. It's Kapiko O Waiau. And um they say that um the Waiakane is located in Kapiko O Waiau and it's the residence of um Poliahu and Lilinoi, who we know um, well, for those of you who don't know, Poliahu is um, is embodied in the snow, and Lilinoi um, is the mist. So anytime you're up in that Mauna Kea area and you see snow and you see the mist swirling around you, you know you're you're embraced by Poliahu and Lilinoi. And Kapiko Owayao um, is located below Pohakuakane, which overlooks 
pohakuloa. And so this is um, all the different vahipana that they mention in hamakua. I want to say mahalo because in the beginning of this story, you um, shared mo'oku auhau, the genealogy, which is an important thing that occurs in Hawaiian mo'olelo. Uh, it's important to show the bloodline of each character. So would you mind sharing a little bit more about that? Well, it's funny because we I think today in modern times, we we even though you may not be versed in knowing mo'oku auhau, you know, a lot of... Um, a lot of people have kind of fallen away from knowing their genealogies for generation, generation. But we still have it in Hawaii when we go, oh, or oh, who your family or what school you went to. Or it's a way of establishing connections and pilina between whoever you meet on the road. And then and then it's funny because even in class, you know, the, I what I hate the most as a student, and I'm sure students hate this, is when you do the introduce yourselves, tell us where you're from, those icebreaker things. Um, I'm an introvert, so... I kind of hate that, but um, but it's funny because you force students to do it, and somebody will say, "Oh, my name is so and so. I come from Maui Kahakuloa, or I come from Makaha, or I come from you know all these t- places." And people go, "Oh, are you related to so and so?" And so that's one way of establishing that pilina through place and through moku auhau. And Hawaiian stories will always, not always, but majority of the time, will start with. That sent that moku ahau just to establish um, the family of the area, the vahipana of that area, and um, what I like about this story and what what kind of is traditional is these places, these family names are also place names, and that's um, that's another way of that we look at our aina. You know, we say Mauna Kea is a kupuna. All these places are kupuna, and those familial ties to land gives. That's why we have this responsibility to take care of the land and to malama all these different places because we're related to him. It's it's kind of a papaku makavalu thing where where us as humans we're related to through the kumulipo too, we're related to all the um animals, the birds, the fish, the corals, the land, and so um it's good to remember that. Mahalo for the reminder. And when and when you mentioned <laughs> Papa Kumakavolo, so did I. Um, do you, would you mind just sharing oh. a little bit more with our listeners about that process? And- Papa Kumakavolo is a is a was first. Let's see. How do I want to say this? It's the brainchild or the methodology um, that Polani um, Kanako Ole Kanahele came up with, and she didn't make it up. She she was studying the Kumulipo, and she noticed in one section of the Kumulipo, right after Haumea and all the Akua and society was forming, Haumea came up with these three class of people. And it's in the Kumulipo, it says Papa Huli Honua, Papa Hulilani, Papa Hanaomoku. And those words, those three words, um, were emphasized in the Kumulipo in a way that it caught Antipua's eye, and she realized that the whole our whole island universe um, could be categorized in these classes that was established in the time of Haumea, and um, and so she 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 grouped them and gave it a name, Papakumakavalu, and it's just a way of realizing how we're related to everything in the universe and how everything can work together, and if we understand the different components of how everything works together, then we can live. Um, sustainably and um, like our ancestors did. 
edithkanakwalidfoundation.org. Go look, Papa Kumakavalu. Great on. Mahalo. That's my ad. And then um, this book, Kamiki, um, you know, um, I worked with a colleague, um, Kuipo Freitas, and we made a website, nomaunakea.weebly.org, and where you can download a PDF of this story, Kamiki. You can download all kinds of um, curriculum and, and lessons and materials, posters that we made for Mauna Kea, if you guys are interested on. Ooh, we better Mauna check Kea that stuff. out. Yeah. Mahalo. Something we see occurring in Hawaiian Mo'olelo as well is this idea of transfer of knowledge from one generation to the next. And you pointed out the fact that just because a person might not be your biological grandmother, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't so much the person, it was that generation, yeah. you, you know, the Generations were defined as the one above you, the one same as you, the one below you. It didn't matter if it's really your auntie or not your auntie. That mm -hmm. was your mm -hmm. makua, same like your parent. That's a good thing to to remember that everyone in that generation is, you know, someone to take lessons from, whether they are your direct ancestor or if it's grandma's cousins or grandma's friend sometimes. And they all have ike. And maybe one last thought that I have um, to share is that throughout the your sharing of this mo'olalo, you you kept bringing up the idea of kapu, right? So like even the idea of like that um, mm -hmm. hiamoi kapu mm -hmm. or that sleeping kapu, as well as the the kapu that surrounds Mauna Kea as a as an important um, sustaining sustaining force for our mm -hmm. waters on this island. Um, I think that's just, it's something important for us to remember. And a lot of times we use that term couple. And so when, cool, when you use the term couple, how, what, what comes to mind for you? Couple for me is, um, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a broad range of things. Like when your kids are running to the car, you couple the first seat, couple shotgun. And that's like the silly way of saying it, but, but on a higher elevated way of saying it, it's just a way to self-regulate and monitor your actions. And I guess I guess in Western, we say you're conscious. Um, you know, should I do this? Should I be doing this? Why shouldn't I be doing this? And, and it's a way to um, realize that places have, um, it's like, um, I think I think of it like, sorry, I think of it like how tourists come and they think they can go anywhere. Like they can go to YPO, um, they have a right to go to YPO when in actuality you don't have a right because you don't know that space. And the funny story is a few weeks ago, my husband and I went there. We drove down. We visited, um, you know, our, our friends there. And when we we're driving back up, um, there's a unspoken right away that trucks that are driving up have the right of way. And everybody, whether you're driving down or whether you're walking, you have to get off the road because you don't want to force the trucks to stop as they're making that incline up and so we're driving up and my husband was screaming out the window because tourists were just walking down they weren't moving on the side of the road and that's they don't know how to act in a certain space and they don't have that knowledge of the couple of that road of how you're supposed to act how you're supposed to behave how you're supposed to give the right away to someone else and I think that's um that's one way to say couple and when you go to um the volcano there's certain couples you have to there's certain laws unspoken rules that you that monitor your behavior to keep yourself safe and to keep the environment you know as you left it and that's kind of what couple means to me mahalo 
Mahalo e ku'ulei for sharing your perspective on kapu and why it is important to conduct yourself in a pono manner when we're visiting places and interacting with different spaces and elements. It's a great reminder for us all to show respect. Mm-hmm. So true. Mahalo Nui for being with us today. We've Good fun. We've thoroughly enjoyed our time <laughs> with you and I, I bet our listeners really appreciate everything that you've shared. Yes, mahalo nui. Thank you, guys. This is fun to get away from my kids for half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Mahalo. That was so engaging and instructive, and I love how Ku'u highlighted for us the importance of haumakua in the story of Komiki. Ai, polole. I agree, Drew. We learned place names and the importance of genealogy as well. Mm -hmm. And with that, our dear audience, mahalo for joining us again on Kaleo Kauluo. Lei, do you have any mana'o in closing? Yes, mahalo, Drew. Please check out our story maps on the blog to follow along with each episode. Also, don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episodes of Inoa Matters, Heikokua, and other good stuff. Oh, and like Ku'ule mentioned, you can learn more and find resources on nomaunakea.weebly.com. Oh, and there's the EKF website at edithkanakaolefoundation.org that Ku'u mentioned so that our listeners can learn a little bit more about Hapokumakawalu. I look forward to the next time we gather here together to learn more about the Aina of Hawaii that we love. Peiapu, likewise. Until then, ahui ho. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs>